hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. What is up, my man? What is happening to you in your season? In my season, I was actually yeah. uh, I was Favorite actually just watching the year. best season of the year. It's great. Perfect. I have I have my Halloween tree on. It's fantastic. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just watching uh, uh, best of the rest. They're uh, they're live streaming right now, and they had uh, Error from Cowabunga on. Yes, I I read that. I saw that. So was, on social medias. Yes, on the socials. So I was uh, I was watching that before uh, you hopped on. Nice. Yeah. What's up? Oh man, it is crazy. Is it? It's nice. I'm I'm looking forward to the fall. Bring on the fall. I love the fall. That's why I love Halloween. Cause uh, you know the weather gets cooler. Mm-hmm. It doesn't rain all the damn time. Well, I don't know how it is up there, but at least down here in the south. It rains all the time when you transition from summer to fall, because <laughs> ah. uh, you know it's the, it's like the end of hurricane season. So we get all the remnants of hurricanes as just rain. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, was was curious uh, this week? Did you watch the uh, Mix Next live stream? What's that? Like- like an indie it's like an indie game live stream like for upcoming games no buddy no no nope. it's all it's all about steam games buddy i thought you'd be all over it nope no nope i don't uh you know i don't watch conferences or anything like that oh man i get i get the highlights at the end because it's like dude every conference is like two three hours long and they just say like five things you know what i mean so I just catch like the recap afterwards. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Well, I have a couple for you to look out for. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's one that's an independent game, but it had a lot of style in its trailer. You should go look up the trailer for, and this is with two Ks. Cosmocrats. It's a lot of Ks. It is a lot of Ks. It it looks really really good. I was I was sort of surprised. It's sort of like a cold war space exploration game it looked sort of interesting you know somehow based on the fact that you said cosmocrats mm-hmm. i assumed a russian connection and i assumed that it was all k's and not c's good i like that I yeah like that a lot. yes the that now there's there's a couple other ones that i thought you definitely would like these games there was one that is uh like a korean setting to it mm-hmm. and it is called um won hon w-o-n-h-o-n so it's like based in korea and it's like in a korean it looks like a military camp and you're a girl who can turn into a spirit and possess other people so it's like a stealth game that has like uh cones of perception oh i like that avoid. But you can only possess people for so long and it takes a little bit of time to get into some, you know, to possess somebody. So there's some really cool mechanics there that it looks sort of like a POW camp. So it it looked really cool. I was really impressed with it. So I feel like there was a game that did this previously. Maybe. Hey, it's a Steam game. I'm a little jealous. I I was hoping it was going to be a console game. That's not Uh, until 2021. God damn it, Nick. Buddy, I'm talking about the Mix Next live stream. None of this stuff's out. 
I mean, the the Cosmocrats one is out in like a couple weeks. Right. But hey, who's bringing you the up to date information over here? This kid right here. You, I'm you... giving you a little. <laughs> I'm giving you a little. You know what I'm doing? I'm pulling back the veil, and you know what's underneath the veil? The future. That's what I'm doing <laughs> with you right now. So sit back, relax, and eat a Scooby snack. Come on now. Buddy, the feature doesn't exist. It's fake. I, well, hey, who's perceiving it being fake? I'm not perceiving it at all. <laughs> Sounds like you are. You're calling it fake. Well, I think you might need to learn a little mindfulness over here. I did uh, I did just put both of these in my queue, though. Yeah, you should, you should definitely, because they're all pretty small developers, and... When they came on to talk about stuff, I was really impressed. I was really like, these just, some of them were just lighthearted. Like, some were just really cute looking games, but some hyper-focused for a certain select audience, which is being underserved. Like, it was all, it was all really, really cool. The next one, and I think this one is already out. But it's a uh, like a new addition to the game. Hmm. But it's an open world, uh, like open world survival game. And the way they compared it, they compared it. They wanted to, ha- to have the look and feel of a nature documentary, and oh. it's called Away. And it's called Away: The Survival Series. And it's all free roaming. And you're this sugar glider animal which is sort of like like a small like squirrel monkey. Uh-huh. And they showed it like climbing up tree branches, like this like all these like army ants or whatever was coming after it so it had to defend itself and then it had to like avoid larger creatures. <laughs> but it did look like a nature documentary. I was really like I was impressed with the lighting. I was impressed with how like open it was. It, it looked really cool. Like I said, these are not like ea published games these are like small teams and sure they have to be they have to say it loud say it proud that's all i'm gonna say yeah the graphics Um, are good on this thing yeah highly recommend another trailer that i need you to check out this is the last one from the mix lives uh mix next live stream Mm -hmm. the the last one you have to check out and i don't know if you can catch it but do you know the developer sweary doesn't sound familiar now he is insanity. Like he is one. I think his personality is actually bigger than the games he puts out. And the games he puts out are huge. Uh huh. Like he's not up there with Miyamoto. He's not up there with, uh, God, I forget his name. The, the guy who does, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Like he's not up there in that rock star genre, like developer. Uh huh. But Swery did this little intro to this game. And he was just insane. He had on every peripheral from <laughs> PC to console. And he had like a VR headset and he had like a Nintendo power glove. Nice. And then he switched over to like a cell phone, like QWERTY keyboard. And he started to like fiddle around with that. Then he grabbed a hold of like um, a yoke and a yaw uh, pedal. And he, and he was pulling back on that and pretending that he was battling stuff on screen. Which you just saw him like getting really excited. He's just he's a fun person to follow. If you don't follow him on the social medias, highly recommend. Um, it's S W E R Y mm-hmm. is the is the developer, but he didn't develop this game. These are like I said, these are all independent stuff. The developer who did this game is, I believe, a German company called Smokestab, 
and the game is called Orbital Bull Orbital Bullet, okay. and it's a circular track. So picture like it's almost like a circular cake as the track, and it goes up vertically, not horizontally. Horizontally, you're going around us in a circle. Right. And shooting and you're jumping. So there's like multiple different levels that you have to like navigate through and you could switch back and forth. And there's items that are, that look like dangerous type push pull items, like obstacles in front of you that you can throw that will either get pushed into you or you can push them into enemies or like, you know, shoot them into enemies. Sure. And then you're going vertically up into like different tracks that are also circular. And it was just, it looked fast paced. It sort of looked like a, um, like a roguelite a little bit. There seemed to be like a progression system. It seemed to like, there's a resetting point, that type of thing. But it looked really interesting. It reminded me a lot of like, when you see people think outside the box of like, I'm going to put out a pinball game. But since I don't have to work with physical gravity, because this is a video game, I can make things go vertically, horizontally, in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just take like a simple concept like that, like going around in a circle and going up and down into like this whole different, like I've seen games that are similar or that work with small concepts, but this one, for whatever reason, I was like, that's really clever. And I think it's a really small studio as well in in Germany, it was. It, I, I liked it so much that after I saw it, I was like, "I gotta give these guys a shout out." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, I love it." And needless to say, they're not following a lot of people, and a lot of people don't know about them. So, yeah, this is cool. So I, yeah. I just I just downloaded the demo. Uh, the ga- game's not out till the summer. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? It's like a uh, like a if you took uh, Metal Slug and put ah. it in like a 3D environment. That's what it's like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Metal mm-hmm. Slug was the bomb, dude. I was playing Metal Slug the other day. Dude, that is such the bomb. Hell I almost yeah. bought the collection when it came out a couple couple years ago. Yeah. And at first I'm like, well, how much Metal Slug do I need in my life? All and of Metal, it. <laughs> I was going to say, and Metal Slug for me is just like Galaga. Mm. Like, you know how much Galaga I need in my life? Or Robotron. <laughs> I need all of the Robotron and all of the Galaga in my life. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was playing uh, Metal Slug X the other day. Nice. I, 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 remember, I remember playing that uh, in the arcade when it was out in the arcade. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was playing the shit out of that, dude. Metal Slug yeah, is the bomb. they have a bomb. good one for Dreamcast? Um, I know there was one for the N64 or PlayStation for the PlayStation. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they did quite a few different versions of them. Yep. I just like I like the idea of these small. Okay, now I'm gonna jump completely to the opposite end from uh, the mix next live stream and, and the little like suggestions that I have for you. Now I'm gonna jump completely over to the other side of the spectrum. Uh oh. Are you going to be buying? Yes. Are you going to be buying a CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2099 or 2077? Uh, that's not on Steam, though, is it? I thought it was coming to PC and PS3, PS4, Xbox. Oh, you are correct. Well, then the answer is yes. Do you think you'll be getting that right around launch, which I think is in three weeks? Uh, Yeah, I think it's like mid-November. Um, The reason I ask... I don't know. Day is early November, 
<laughs> my mother said, oh, I'll pick you up a video game. So I'm thinking if I buy this, uh-huh. that since this game's sort of like an open RPG, that both of us could coordinate, because I would love to know this, and I'm not going to play this. This damn game's supposed to be so long. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much refuse to play this multiple times. And I know people have, but I refuse to. <laughs> But then I was like, well, maybe if Martin plays it, we could talk about it here and there. Not every not every week, good God. But here and there. And if you took one type of like pers- character personality and I took another character personality, maybe we could see the different choices being made. Mm, That's why I, I was like, because like, this is so up your alley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I didn't know that it was coming to uh, PC. Yeah. So I was going to skip it. But now that I know that it's coming to PC, then yes, I will get it. Okay. Uh, will I get it at launch? Probably not, but it'll oh. be pretty, it'll be pretty close to launch. Okay. That, I just want to know, like, are you invested by the end of the year type of thing? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Cause I have a lot of buddies that I'll throw that out to like, Oh, you're going to pick up the new Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or whatever, like a big budget title. And so many times they're like, well, I'll pick it up when there's a price drop. And in my head, I'm like, that's going to happen in six, eight months. I'm like, I, I want to talk about it now, not in eight, mo- eight months. I'm on to a different game, for God's sakes. Well, so that's why I want to wait a couple weeks, because the uh, the Steam winter sale will be right around that time. Sure. So I'm not going to pick it up day one. I'm really hoping, like there, like you said, there might be a sale where yeah. console games, it, they might go down 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Sure. Just for the heck of it. But yeah, yeah. I'm real curious because I watched, they put out these, I think they're called Night City episodes for Cyberpunk I saw you tweeting about that, yeah. And they just put out episode four today. And it was all, it had Keanu Reeves. And I didn't know, I did know, but I sort of forgot that he's a major investor in ARC motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So of course, they model. They wanted him, and he's saying like, "Oh, they asked me to be in the game, but they really loved our motorcycles, so they also wanted to model one of the Ark motorcycles for this game." Right. And they showed it in game, and they showed like how you can like alter like all the fashion that your the fashion choices and the mo- and the different character choices you can have. And then they went, God, it must have been ten minutes talking about how they grabbed the sound of each of the cars and each of the motorcycles to have like different sound. And I'm not a big gearhead whatsoever. Sure. But it was sort of cool to see like, wow, that arc motorcycle, like sure. They had like a Ferrari and like some sports cars that I could give a rat's ass about. <laughs> but looking at this arc motorcycle, I was like, dang that thing, like the one that they did, I don't know if they all looked like this, but it really reminded me of like, that could be a blade runner. Like that looked futuristic because it was some, it looked like all cobbled together. It doesn't look as sleek and stylish as like your typical like street motorcycle or like a Harley or something like that. It sort of looked like it's cobbled together with different like cool parts. And it had a really cool cyberpunk look to it. So yeah, I, I do like the arc bikes. Um, I have looked at them before. Are they uh, pricey? Like, give me some information about these because I never, I didn't go anywhere beyond watching this video on them. Right. But I was thoroughly impressed with the look of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about pricing. 
uh, I didn't get that far because I don't even know if I like I've been saying that I was gonna buy a bike for like ten years now, uh, but I never do. Mm-hmm. But but I do like the look of the arc bikes uh, because they look, uh, you know, you, you were saying that they don't look like traditional bikes, but to me they look like if I were to get a Harley, mm-hmm. um, I would get an eight thirty three, and they look a lot like the arc bikes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're like it's a, it's a cruiser, but it's more compact. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you get a chance, look up uh, look up a, a Harley Davidson eight thirty three. And and you'll see what I'm talking about. They look very similar to the arc bikes, uh, except they do look a little more like a traditional bike, right? Like they they color match everything, whereas the arc bikes look a little more sporty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did look up uh, the arc uh, 2020 and mm-hmm. just the MSRP of that, and this is just one blush look at it is eighty five thousand. Woo! So. Mamacita. Yowza. That is out of my price range. Keanu Reeves, <laughs> you priced me out. Yowza. Yeah, that's pretty uh-huh. high. Uh-huh. That is pretty uh-huh. high. Because uh, I think uh, I, I, I had looked at the 833 at one point, and it was like 10 grand. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah, I watched that as well as a um, EA, EA, Ubisoft, EA. Sure. I think it. No, I think it's Ubisoft. Um, they put out a video, like sort of like a choice, choose your own adventure type type video. Mm-hmm. Um, of the Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ah, oh, yeah. And dude, Vikings. I mean, don't get me wrong. Feudal Japan. That would be my jam. That would be <laughs> a number one. Vikings is a pretty close second if you're going to do like a historical type video game. You know, so I, I was actually going to bring this up last week because I, so I saw the trailer for Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I think like right before we started recording and uh, but we never got around to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you brought it up. I, I love the look of it and I love mm-hmm. like the way the story's playing out. Uh, but based on the trailer, I don't see what it's got to do with Assassin's Creed yet. Same here. Yeah. Same because this choose your own adventure video, like walk through this demo walkthrough that they did, and it's and it was on a build that isn't a final build, so you sort of have to give it a little leeway. Um, but the last like three, four Assassin's Creed games, I don't know how up to date you are with Assassin's Creed. I'm not. They do a male or a female version. Like, you're not adjusting faces or voices or anything. Like, they have a male actor and a female actor, and they both ha- are modeled. Right, right, right. And the last couple, I've gone female because they are just badass. They, The voice acting is, like, top-notch for the females where the guys just don't sound that good and, and are not that cool. Hmm. And I think I sort of switched with Valhalla. I like all of the facial hair that you can have with the dude. Um, his voice isn't that great, but they were going back and forth with male, female, as well as like you defeat a boss and you have a choice that you can kill the boss or you can spare the boss. Mm. And they showed how different they are. And I, I was really impressed with how they do the choose your own adventure style. And some parts were like, oh, no, you kill them and you get this reward because, you know, people are intimidated by you. And then on another way, uh, like another choose your own um, item was you spared this one person 
and they gave you a location to an item that you would never like this scroll item that uh I guess these like Templars or like assassins, this like group of assassins were were told to go to this island, find this scroll, and like kill off these people that are on this scroll. And the person you spared, he wrote your name on this scroll, which you would never know about. You would just have this band of like assassins constantly coming after you and the developer of the game was like oh no they're really really hard no matter when you battle them their um their level of difficulty will be increased even when your level of experience becomes better Hmm. their level of difficulty like scales to your so it's never like you're going to be like op and you're just ripping through these people you know? And I guess they, they consistently will come after you. And I was like, that's sort of cool. Like hearing like, oh, you get a reward for this or you can like intimidate people if you do this action. That's one game where like cyberpunk I know is going to be hundreds of hours because their previous game was hundreds of hours. Sure, sure. Assassin's Creed is probably 30, 40, 50 hours depending yeah, on roughly. how like mainline you want to go with it. And I sort of want to do both now. Like I want to be a jerk going through one way and then be very passive and like sparing and like, you know, try a good and evil version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, since you were talking about this this playthrough, mm-hmm. now I understand what the connection is. Mm. But I don't I don't want to spoil it for you. No, feel free. Uh so you were talking about these like Knight Templar kind of guys, right? Mm-hmm. These assassins. Yeah. So I've never seen the show uh, The Curse of Oak Island. Have you, but have you heard of it? No. I'll write that down because I like the title of that. Okay. I think it's a history channel maybe. Uh, Mike from What Did You Watch watches it all the time. Okay. Um, basically, there's uh, this, this is place, Oak Island, in Canada. Uh, I think like Newfoundland, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is – this place has been like excavated for like I don't know, sixty years, seventy years, mm-hmm. and uh, and now the Discovery Channel has a show because these brothers like found something there, and it's basically like a well, um, but there's like trap doors in the well, and like if you do something, like if you open the door the door the wrong way, like it opens this other trap door that lets in ocean water. Um, so like wow. the, the thing is that there, there's some like treasure at the bottom. Right. Huh. Um, and I think Assassin's Creed played a little bit around with, uh, this kind of thing when they were doing the, uh, the pirates one. Nice. Um, because, uh, who was it, man, was it Blackbeard? I think it was Blackbeard. Um, there's all kinds of stories about Blackbeard and, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them is that he's like involved in this kind of stuff. Because, huh. um, you know, Blackbeard worked for the crown, uh, even though he was a pirate. Uh, he was actually on the payroll from the, the British government. Wow. And uh, see, you didn't know this. Ha-ha. I didn't. I yeah, didn't. Now, now you know. Uh, but most pirates were actually paid by some government. Uh, huh. Like their purpose was basically to – it's like plausible deniability. You know how like the, the U.S. government hires uh, – what, what's that military thing? Oh God! Whatever you know, like there's there's like, pri- like insurgents and guerrillas. Yeah, but like there's there's like professional militaries. 
Yeah, they're they hire like private military groups, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, but the, the, then they're all just paid off the books, so officially they're not part of they're not part of the problem. Well, and not always. Like they 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 do have contracts with them, but like if something goes wrong, they can be like, oh, it's a private contractor. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and a lot of a lot of pirates were were this way too. Like they were private contractors from some government, uh, mostly the the British government, to like stop the the Spanish from sending supplies to the Caribbean colonies, for example. Um. Or like, you know, stopping the French from sending troops to the U.S. or whatever, uh, things like that. But it was plausible deniability, right? Because you can't be like, oh yeah, uh, England stopping our shipment from going to to the Caribbean to start a war, right? So the Queen would be like, what are you talking about? It's just it's just pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so so there's a, a whole bunch of stories about Blackbeard, and uh, and so what you were saying about the Nice Templar got me thinking about this Oak Island thing. Because uh, you know, there's there's plenty of stories, and there is some direct evidence that the Vikings came to the Americas uh, and settled here. Uh, so I wonder if maybe like that's the angle and how they connected to the Assassin's Creed story. Hmm. I like uh-huh. that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. Uh, that's funny though. I actually I even saw uh, I was reading about man I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a Welsh prince in like. The 800s that supposedly left Wales and ended up sailing and reached the Americas. And there's this whole like story about um, like when the British came here, they found like a Native American tribe, but they had like red hair and blue eyes uh, and how like they they their language had a lot of similarities in terms of grammar and, and like words to uh to welsh wow yeah and the tribe's extinct now so like it's impossible to prove um but there's a lot of like anecdotal evidence from from early colonists about this tribe um wow hmm. yeah i love these creed games man they're uh they're fantastic the movie is not so good no the movie really is not good whatsoever (laughs) but i would say since brotherhood on it it they it there's been some little dips, but even the ones that people bash, there's still parts of it that I just love. Mm. Yeah, see, I still really like the uh, the first couple games. Mm. I mm. think my, my I think my favorite one is still three. That's three. The, three's the one where um, is that in Rome. In, yeah, in the one in Venice and Milan and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my favorite one. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I really like Black Sails, and I even liked the one that was in Industrial England. I don't think and I ever played of, that. Yeah, a lot of people didn't care for that one, but the um, woman portrayed put, it was a brother sister. Oh, and you can go back and forth. That was one of the few that you didn't have to pick one character mm-hmm. and be that character. You you'd switch back and forth That's with cool. them, which was really cool. But some of like the DLC. They had specific DLC for Jack the Ripper. Oh, that's awesome. Which was great. And they had so many like characters like Tesla in it. There were so many characters that were just, I don't know, they, they sparked my imagination and wanted me to read, read about them a little bit more, which was great. The only one that I was a little disappointed with uh, after the, right around Brotherhood, the third or Brotherhood, the one that dipped for me was the one set in Americas. I just wanted more Mm. and it got pretty boring pretty quickly. (laughs) 
But I was hope I was hopeful. Oh, America's a boring place, bro. Well, that time period should have been really good. You had a lot of historical people, but for whatever reason, it just didn't connect with me. Which one is the one in America and in, uh, in England? Ooh, boy, boy. Let me look. I will get that for you because I'll know it as soon as I see the cover. Oh, wait, maybe this is it. Unity? That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, it takes place in Victorian England. Yeah. And a lot of people bag on that one, but dude, there's some really good characters. You meet Charles Dickens. There's a lot of really cool historical characters. It's just like the one from Rome where it's like, Leonardo da Vinci created your oh yeah you know, your the wings that you fly with like that was cool yeah 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 can you play as Tesla no you meet him uh, and he's, he's like da Vinci he gives you the you know blueprints for some of his inventions that type of thing oh like that movie exactly yes just like the movie no not like the movie what's that movie The Illusionist oh okay yeah. I thought you meant the Assassin's Creed movie. No. No, no, no. Get that out of your head. No, the Assassin's Creed movie is based on, um, oh, God, the fourth one. What's the name of that one? Shit. Revelations. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. You, you go, you know, you, you free children from, you know, child enslavement, <laughs> working in, like, you know, <laughs> old houses, but like, oh. <laughs> there's some good stuff there's like you jump on trains you ride you know steam engines and you jump on trains to get you from you know out to the countryside that type of thing battling guys on on the top of trains is pretty cool all right i just bought unity because it's four dollars and 49 cents <laughs> but people bag on that all the time that game you'll get enough like historical stuff that's well worth five bucks yeah yeah Nice. It's good. I just wish you had the DLC with that, because that Jack the Ripper stuff, ooh boy. What is this? Wait, should I not have bought this? Well, shit. Uh-oh. I might have to refund this. Uh-oh. I gotta, let me put in my birth date here. Well, shit. Too- okay, I'm refunding this. Yeah. I'm refunding. Look for, like, the Game of the Year edition, so you can get the DLC. No, I'm gonna get, uh, so I'm gonna refund Unity, and I'm gonna get the bundle. Cause- oh, Oh, the that, bun- that's all of the like assassins bundle it's uh let's see assassin's creed black flag assassin's creed unity assassin's creed rogue and assassin's creed syndicate yeah syndicate's good yep i like syndicate and that's only 20 bucks oh much better yeah yeah, yeah. Syndic- syndicate was good dude i gotta figure out how to refund this i've never done a refund <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's all right. No big deal. That That's what I get for being too quick on the trigger. Yeah. That's what I get. But uh, no, that's cool, man. I love Assassin's Creed. God. Actually, well, Syndicate is the one. Syndicate. Syndicate is the one? Yeah, Syndicate is the one. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, you're jumping on like horse carriages, that type of thing. Oh, that's cool. It's really good. I'm yeah. down with that. Um, now, can give you the Game of the Year editions? Oh, God, I already closed it. Just ask him. I'm sure that they're in there. Yeah, this is the one with the brother-sister combination. Yeah, fellow twin assassins, Jacob and Evie Fry. Huh. Yeah, that. oh, it's good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, let's it's, see. I see uh, I see gold editions. I see deluxe editions. 
I, do, I don't see anything that's game of the year on these. It might be the goal. I'm sure it, it was part of like the season pass or whatever the hell that was. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, st- I do see the season pass. All right, maybe I'll try that. Uh, the, o- the only games I have ever bought Game of the Year editions for mm-hmm. were the uh, the Arkham games. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. But I hate to say it, like, they're all, like, a lot of the add-on stuff is just garbage. It's mm-hmm. just so tacked on, usually not really worth your money. But then if you wait, at least for me, if I wait a year, two years on console, they'll do a Game of the Year edition with all the extras bundled up as well as you have all of the uh what the patches mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. doesn't glitch out on your what it's like so worth just waiting an extra year to get all that yep for the same darn price yep that's true that is very true yeah. uh, sometimes much cheaper for sure mm-hmm. oh shoot i don't even think i ever played oh i did play unity unity is which you might like it's set during the french revolution Ah, oui, oui, la révolution. You might like that one. I might like that. Definitely. There's some really cool characters in there, as well as it's pretty political. Is uh, I'm assuming because it's set during the French Revolution, it's got a, what's his name? Was it LaSalle? The guy from Hamilton. Marie Antoinette. The guy from Hamilton. What's his name? Um, Did I tell you I watched Hamilton? It's terrible. I watched Hamilton. I liked it. I liked uh, it a lot. It was awful. It's a great way for... <laughs> To bring young children into actually watching something for two hours uh, that has some semblance of history, even though I know a lot of it's tweaked and bent for onstage theatrics. But that's what I didn't like about it. Hey, let's put it this way. Are you coming at that as a history nut or are you coming at that? thinking i don't know anything about any of these characters let me learn so so the person i was thinking of is the marquis de lafayette ah de lafayette yeah was he in assassin's creed i guarantee you he is <laughs> guarantee you he is uh yeah so because you know we have disney plus so um reagan watched it and loved it and so she made my wife watch it and then uh i was like i'm not watching this and then they're like my wife's like it's really good i was like fine i'll watch it uh and it was let me say this it's fine it's good it's good like if you want to have a good time for whatever it is two hours like it's it's a fun thing to watch uh my only concern with it is uh americans are very stupid nick oh yeah and so they're gonna think like this is how it actually happened I look at it like they're stupid, and if you can just get any semblance of historical elements into their head, it might be a springboard for them to want to learn more. Sure, maybe. I'm I'm hopeful. But believe me, do I think that at its heyday that when people were spending $700 a ticket for that thing? Mm. Hell, hell. Hell no, it isn't worth that. Go see Oh Hello on Broadway when that was <laughs> at its height. If you're going to spend that crazy amount of money. Do you think those people are mad that I can just pay uh, eight bucks a month and watch it as many times as I want? Or you can pay nothing because that's exactly how much it costs. <laughs> you Because you already had Disney Plus. <laughs> Why do you think my wife was pissed when Mulan all of a sudden was like, with Disney Plus? You get that reduced rate of twenty nine ninety nine on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's to watch. ridiculous. Like what? Like 
And I even told her, I'm like, that should be the price for people who don't have Disney Plus. Yeah. And if you want to charge people who have Disney Plus, charge them the same price that they would be paying for a month of Disney Plus. Like, charge them 10 bucks. Yep. Like, Jesus, $30? F you. Right. But then they, Disney did just announce that on Christmas Day, uh, their animated movie Soul is going to be available for Disney Plus. Yeah, who cares? Well, still for free for people yeah, sure. who like Disney animated films. That's pretty exciting. That's because Mulan came out and nobody watched it because nobody wants to pay thirty bucks for it, and yeah. they're like, "Yep, can't do this again." You know, I love Wire Foo, and I even was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." Even mm. if even if somebody said this is the spiritual successor of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I would still be like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." Not for 30. No way. I don't think so. Because you know in like two months, it'll be like, oh, there's the DVD. And it's on sale for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This actually just happened to me uh, with a new uh, UFO movie that came out, a documentary, uh, called uh, The Phenomenon. Not to oh. be confused with um, – what's the guy with the tiger blood? What's his name? Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen. Not, not that movie. This is a brand new documentary called Phenomenon, or The Phenomenon, not Phenomenon. It isn't, it isn't the John Travolta film? Oh, Travolta. You're right. It was Travolta. Yeah, with the horrible hairpiece. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so this thing came out a couple it came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, and everyone on like UFO Twitter is like buying this and watching it. Hmm. And, and so I'm like, ah, okay, I want to see it, right? Because like everyone's saying really good things about it. Um, and it's been all over the news because, like, um, Senator Harry Reid is in it and, like, a bunch of government officials talking about UFOs. Mm. Um, so it's, like, all over the news. Sure. It's like, all right, I'll watch it. So I go to to Amazon. Not on there. I go all over the place. Can't find it. Um, I was like, oh, well, it hasn't released yet. So it was, like, a day early. So it's like, all right, I'll wait. So mm-hmm. finally it gets on there, and uh, I go to their website. And I see, like, everywhere where I can get it. I was like, cool. I'm going to go ahead and rent this thing. Yeah. I got to rent it. Can't rent it. Got to buy it. It's $19.99. Oh, oh boy. I was like, listen, I love UFOs. But I'm yeah. not spending 20 bucks on this thing, right? Like, unless it tells me, like, hey, we're interviewing a UFO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. I don't give a shit. <laughs> we are showing you footage not of a UFO on a UFO. Then yeah, you there you like, go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. worth 20 bucks. If you tell me, like, you flew to freaking whatever, Zeta Reticuli, and, like, <laughs> you know, you were yeah. on the home planet, cool. Yes. I'll pay you 20 bucks for that. Um, But not for, like, another documentary, you know what I mean? Like, they're all the same. Like, nobody does shit. Right. So, um, so it's like, eh, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll wait a while, you know, and, and see if I can rent it. And, like, I go to see where I can rent it and when, and, like, there's no information. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fortunately, I've I've gotten very good with uh, getting rid of my FOMO. So, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'll watch it whenever right. it comes out. Uh, but, like, everyone's watching this thing and paying 20 bucks. And then finally, mm-hmm. uh, like, I was digging, and it's available to rent in, like, I think next week. Uh, for, like, <laughs> but you that's know, how they get you. For, like, four bucks. And, uh, FOMO, it, like, and I hate to say it, that's the smart, like, with Mulan. Yeah. They should have yeah, yeah. just done that. $30 for the first week. Two weeks. two weeks, yeah, sure. And then guess what? You, being a non-Disney Plus subscriber, could rent that for five bucks, and right. Disney Plus gets it for free. Right. Because they'll, they'll be if – if it's good, if it was like a Pixar film, like the next Toy Story, let's say, 
I guarantee you the people that have picks Disney plus they would they would have FOMO. They would have to rent that for thirty dollars mm-hmm. because they can't wait a month or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. No way, no way. Now, did they get raked over the coals by critics? Oh, uh, no doubt on? they did. So that might have that might have quelled the <laughs> the FOMO a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and I think that's maybe why they're uh, like everyone's pushing everything back now, right? Yeah. Um, because like they're hoping that at some point. We'll just won't worry about COVID, and uh, and people will just go back to the theater. But like everything's pushed back like two years now. You know what I mean? <laughs> everything's like 2022, 2023, and by that point, like nobody's gonna give a shit. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Hey, so, going down, going down the uh, phenomenon. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, you can you can buy it now for for fourteen dollars. So or if people, you can wait one more week and you can rent it for and, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hate to say it. How many? Okay. You being, you're not Andrew Shaw, but you're sure. pretty darn close. Yes. Well, you I don't being know about a, that. You, you being a UFO lover, I won't call you an expert. You're a lover. Uh-huh. How many UFO documentaries? <laughs> not Not movies. <laughs> documentaries. Would you watch more than once? Oh wow! Uh, probably zero. I was gonna say it can't be that high. So of course, unless you run into the FOMO, which you and me both have got gotten past FOMO, like there's nothing in your head that would be like, but I could just buy this for twelve bucks and watch it right now, mm-hmm. instead of like, or I could wait till next Tuesday and <laughs> <laughs> and get it for five bucks and never watch it again. Like I don't. To be honest with you, that's that's the part where like when you pull up like like for Apple TV our purchases, uh-huh. and I look at some of the garbage that we purchase, <laughs> and it's like I'm never gonna watch that stuff. Like, hey Apple TV, why don't you just offer to give me fifty cents back on these movies, <laughs> and I will rescind my rights back to you. <laughs> just get rid of this. Like, I don't even want to see this tile of this film anymore. That's hilarious. See, so, like, when my wife uh, buys a movie, I don't mind. Uh, because, you know, my wife watches, like, the same ten things over and over again. Yeah, of course. She's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, for me, like, there's no way in hell I'd just buy anything anymore because there's no That's point. Right. But I didn't say... I didn't say UFO movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got like, you. I don't blame you watching any UFO movie over and over again because it's a movie. Mm-hmm. But a documentary, dude, you know how many times I love documentaries. <laughs> I have literally watched maybe three documentaries more than once. Uh-huh. Um, and I will name off the documentary that I've watched way more than two times. And that is The Kid Stays in the Picture. Freaking oh classic documentary it's all about uh the movie mogul robert evans and he narrates it as well as like there's animated parts to some of his like it's animated like some of his stories are animated and they're done in the way that like richard linkletter did some of his films Mm -hmm. so pretty close to being realistic but the colors like the color palette is like really really bright and like fun right but I've watched that just because it's all it's pretty much like a history course of like 70s cinema, 70s, 80s cinema. So so I'm going to tell you, I, I have never rewatched a documentary. 
Yeah, how many people have? That's why I asked, like, why would you ever buy a yeah. UFO documentary? Yeah. That, that that sounds crazy. Although, I have been in the room multiple times during a documentary. <laughs> um, actually, there's a really good, I don't know if you've ever seen The Imposter. That sounds so familiar. Dude, all right, if you have not seen this, you got to watch The Imposter. Because, you know, I don't care about documentaries too much. I don't care <laughs> about true crime. Uh, but but this one's freaking awesome. Uh, it's uh, I can't remember where they are, but this kid goes missing, right? And uh, again, this is a documentary, so based on a true story. And uh, this kid goes missing, and like there's a whole big search for him. They just like the police presume he's dead, right? And um, there's then you cut to France. And this guy's, like, running from the law for, like, I don't remember what it was, like, embezzlement or something. I don't fucking know. Credit card fraud. And uh, and he, he, like, he gets put in prison. Okay. Buddy, I, I've seen this film. You have seen it. Okay, it okay. Yeah. It, it's really, really good and very compelling. So, and for, for the listeners, if you've never seen it, yeah, basically, this man is in jail, hears about this kid missing in America, and then convinces the police that he is this like 12 year old child (laughs) and they look nothing alike like this guy is like dark skinned like super ugly black hair brown eyes and the kid is like a little 12 year old white boy with blonde hair and blue eyes (laughs) and he like sells this whole story where like he was kidnapped and put in this like sex trafficking thing for kids and like mm-hmm. they, they made him get like plastic surgery or whatever, like all this crap. And like he goes and lives with the family. Yeah, the family, the family was so, and that that's what's heartbreaking. Who in any kidnapping, like the family is just so eager and so willing to try to believe any craziness because they desperately want to have their child back. Well, Nick, I don't think that's why. I think that's I, no. I think at the beginning that's exactly why, but then oh. the family started to figure out. Oh, there's cracks all over the place here. <laughs> like what the? No, no, no. Here? I don't think I don't think that's what happened at all. Because when mm-hmm. the family's like, "Yeah, bring the kid in," I was like, "You take one look at this kid and you know it's not him, right?" No, like no matter what, here's what mm-hmm. I think happened. I think either the mom or the brother killed the kid. Oh, and so they they pretended like this guy was the kid so that they wouldn't investigate him. That's what I think. I never even thought about that. That's mm-hmm. real. Now I got to go back and watch it. And I believe it's on Netflix if anyone wants. Yeah, to I think that's right. Check it out. Yeah. 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 yeah it's that's, very good. Oh, that's now I want to go back and watch that. Yeah. Watch it and think and just watch it with that thought in mind. You're going to be like, God yeah. damn it, Martin. You're right. They did I kill like him. It. Yeah, my thoughts aren't that dark. I, obviously, I, I'm sunshine and sparklers. Yeah, well, but that's why the sister – Looking at it through that lens, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause... That's why the sister was the only one that's like, this is not my brother because she didn't live in the house with them. Mm-hmm. So the peop- the adults that lived in the house knew that the kid was killed. Like he, one of them killed him, and they're trying to protect each other. But the sister didn't live at home with everybody else. Yeah, I do remember one person was very much like, no, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Yeah, that was a sister. Yeah, okay, yeah. Now it's all piecing together. Yeah. But yeah. let me go back to Phenomenon. Uh, the, yes. 
John Travolta the John Travolta film. film. <laughs> I had to look it up. I'm like, that has to be the name, right? And then I up the director, as you well know, I always like to go down rabbit holes of directors, and that was John Turtle Tom. Sure, maybe. Sure. And his films, see, this should have been the red flag when uh, Julie the Cruise director was like, but it's John Travolta. Come on, you're going to love it. And I was like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> um, but I did, you know, hey, you're married, so you go. But in his movies that he's known for, this isn't his whole filmography. I'm just going off of the blush that's shown here is National Treasure, National Treasure 2, The Meg. And the only bright spots on his little, like, activities page is he did Empire and Jericho. <laughs> Which Jericho was all right. Back in the day, that was an all right show. That's and the one with uh, Michael Jamal Warner, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah that was good. I like that. And, yeah, it was taken off. But just going by, like, National Treasure and The Meg. Like, oh, if only, if only back when Phenomenon was there, if only that would have... I would have had information that I could show Julie, the cruise director of like, you know what he did before this? Boom, boom, boom. And, and showed her like, no, 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 he doesn't do good stuff. Why are, why are we spending time and money? No, <laughs> no. Sadly, didn't have that at my fingertips. That's hilarious. Oh God. That's hilarious. Um, before I forget, as we're talking about France, I did watch on YouTube, Oh. Uh, I want to say it was called Immortal, but wow. I could be mistaken. Okay. Um, it's based on a French graphic novel. Um, there's a series of these, like three or four, I think, maybe. Um, and it's set in the future, and it's weird as shit. Oh. Um, let me make sure that it's called Immortal. Is this it? Anyways. 2004. Here it is, Immortal, 2004. Yep, that's it. With, okay. It's got the pyramid flying over a city on the cover. Set, yes, set in the future of 2095 New York. Yep, there you go. Uh, it is and the hey, weirdest I don't shit know ever. If you know this? Mm -hmm. Which I love the description of this, but you can say it pretty much for any film like set in the future. It's set in a dystopian world. Who would have thought? Well, of course. <laughs> it's always dystopian. Exactly. It's always dystopian. Um, anyway, it's really weird uh, because okay. it's French and the French are weird. Yeah. But when that, let me tell you why there's a pyramid floating over New York City. Well, that's that immediately. I'm guessing that is that is a sell sell for Martin. As soon as he sees like, <laughs> hieroglyphics and, and you know a pyramid floating, yes, please. The the god Horus, yes, please. Yes, so the Egyptian gods return to Earth from their space travels. Guard. Uh, and and Horus basically um like possesses this detective. Hmm. And and he wants to procreate to like create a new body for himself, basically. Um uh, and there's there's like a whole series of these. Because like Horus is like in control of his body, but he kinda lets him do whatever. Mm -hmm. Um but there's like a whole series of them, like him trying to deal with this guy, like God possessing him or whatever. Um, and like the pyramids up in, in over New York, like the whole time. And there's like Egyptian gods doing rituals and stuff in it. But like Horace is going around trying to find a body for himself and then finds his detective. And then there's like a whole side story that eventually the two intertwine 
um, with this, like, you don't even know what she is at first. Maybe an android or, like, some kind of, like, genetically birthed human uh, oh. or maybe an alien. Who knows? Uh, but, like, she's obviously very special because she's got abilities and, like, she basically has no memory of who she is. And she's sure. trying to find out and she ends up meeting up with the shrink and, like, the shrink knows that, like, there's something going on with this girl. Um, I don't know. I, it's very hard to describe. You gotta watch it, and it's it's very artistic in the way that it's done. Um, the it sounds the, like a Luc Besson movie. Yes, it's very much like a Luc Besson movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's ba- it's ba- it's based on a, gra- a series of graphic novels uh, called huh. Immortel Ad Vitam. Well, the director of this film was a talking head in a film that I watched, which was Mobius Redo, a life in ah. fiction makes sense and i watched and i watched that on the youtubes as well that makes sense yeah i was like wait this guy was in this film <laughs> yeah wow he's been around so the graphic novel is called the carnival of immortals uh and there's there's multiple of them uh the first have you one's, ever read any of them i have not but i want to have to see in the movie uh the first one is gods and chaos the second one is the woman trap and the third one is equator cold weird mm-hmm I think you need to get on that. I want to hear about this. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I should have checked if it's on um, on Comixology. I didn't even look. They have quite a few um, Halloween specials going on right now. It might even be on sale. Uh, you know what it reminds me a lot of is uh, the the Jaredowski stuff. That's nothing nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's like weird Speaking like that. Obvious. Yeah, so if you like Jaredowski, uh, then check out uh, Immortals cool yeah it's awesome i loved it uh let's see here see here's the problem if i do immortals it's gonna give me like 10 million results oh good god yeah um because uh people have no imaginations we're coming up with titles so you're gonna look up the actual title of one of the graphic novels i mean i guess i should do that right all right let me see if uh if that brings anything up it might not even be on there because this thing's like 40 years old hmm uh yeah it's not on here uh, what was one of the graphic novels so it is gods and chaos the woman trap and equator cold hmm. the carnival of immortals maybe if i do it that way carnival of immortals i just looked up woman trap mm-hmm. and i got a 1929 film american film and the episode title for a rawhide episode. Could that be it? No. Nope. <laughs> Not rawhide. <laughs> uh, I don't think they made all of them into movies. I think just the first one. Well, let's look up graphic novel. I might just have to buy the damn thing. Uh, yeah. Is it on Amazon? I'm sure it is. I see it on eBay. The Nicopol trilogy. Nicopol is the uh, this detective. Oh, Bailal is the yeah Enki Bilal. the director. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote it. Yeah, it says new sealed rare out of print, only one left, fifty four ninety nine on Amazon. Yep. Oh but th- this could is... that also be in French? Uh hmm, good question. Yeah. It doesn't say anything because it's sealed. There's no information. Yeah, this might be hard to find, man. I don't know. Like I just went to Amazon because they... it is on Catalan, which is usually French. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Maybe maybe I can get the comicsology link from there. 
Bingo! Kindle and Comixology. But it doesn't give me the Comixology link. It's so weird. Oh, the one I'm looking at is, uh, even though it's Catalan, which mm-hmm. a lot of the Mobius humanoid stuff is. Yep. Um, when I flipped over, because there's two pictures, and one of them is the back of the book, that's all in English. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think uh, this is going to be good. in English. Good, good, good. This collection, I found it. So the way to find it is Uh-oh. to look up the Nicopol Trilogy. Nicopol Trilogy on Comixology? Yes. Nice. Yep. So this is put out by Titan Comics in 2016 is what it says. Nice. Mm-hmm. God, the art looks very Mobius. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this is awesome. I uh, I love European comics. I think more people should read European comics. I will not disagree. Yep. Man, they've got this whole guy's library on here. Cool. Is it on sale or no? No. Well, I mean, kind of. Is it on Unlimited? Uh, Let's see. They are – yeah, they're 46% off. Oh, shoot. That's a good price. So the Nicopol trilogy is eighteen ninety nine instead of thirty four ninety nine. Nice. Yep. But uh, I mean, you can just get the paperback. The paperback is uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> You're better off just getting the hardcover on Amazon for eighteen dollars. Oh shoot! Yeah, why not have a hardcover? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. The paperback must be out of print because it's fifty bucks. Oh boy. Yeah. Not doing that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. I gotta save my money for that uh, Cyberpunk 2077, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I watched the new show this week. Uh oh. I did. I watched. Uh. I mean, this is kind of a misnomer. Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon original series. Uh, Utopia. Oh, how is that? I put uh, it in my queue. Well, for one, let me tell you, it is not an Amazon original. Uh, because it, it's a remake of a 2006 I think something like that okay. uh channel channel 4 series a british series really yes huh yes but it is from what I I haven't watched the original yet I'm going to I plan on doing that uh this week mm. uh it it's uh from what I understand different enough where I'm okay with it being called Amazon original series Okay. Uh, Utopia, starring uh, my man John Cusack. He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he uh, spoilers plays the bad guy. Mm. I mean, listen, they don't tell you that till like four episodes in, five episodes you, in. Why but, you like, spoil us? It's pretty obvious from the first episode. <laughs> all right, maybe all not the, the first. All the side eyes he's he's throwing out. Just maybe from the second episode. It's kind of obvious. Uh, although there is like a little line in there in the first episode where you're like, eh, there's something off with this guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so John Cusack is in it. Uh, I never remember the guy's name. Dwight Schrute from The Office. What's his name? Something Wilson. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Uh, Star Trek's very own Rain Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, He's in it. He plays a virologist. And uh, I didn't recognize anybody else in the show. Um but it's good. It's so it's based on this. Genre, uh, is it? What is it? What genre? It would be, I would say maybe thriller. Oh wait, there is somebody else I recognized. Uh, Jan, John Cusack's son is played by the guy that played the Riddler in Gotham. 
don't know. Never watched Gotham. You never watched Gotham? What is wrong with you? Eh. <laughs> Anyways, that actor plays John Cusack's son. Um, so it's a thriller. Uh, there's like a little bit of comedy. So you know, uh, what's what's that guy? Oh my god, the guy that did um, Shaun of the Dead. You know who what? I'm talking about. The director? The, yeah, the guy that wrote it. What's his name? Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Mission Impossible's very own Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Edgar Wright. So you know how mm-hmm. those guys? They have like I don't know if you've ever seen their films. A few. A but few. none of the yeah none of the horror type stuff. Okay. Didn't I they mean, do the sci-fi series that that was like a takeoff of Star Trek, like the British series? Uh the British series. Or am I crazy? I mean, they he was in um in Star Trek the movie. Yeah, yeah, no. The reboot no. movies. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Spaced. Spaced. I've never seen that. Really? Yeah. Nope, never seen that. Amazing, but okay. <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. <clears throat> so, um, if you if you're familiar with like these guys' movies, then like that's why I said it's a thriller, but like not really, because you know how like they they kind of mix genres. Yeah. Um, like I don't know if you've seen like Hot Fuzz or The End of the World, uh, or World's Baby End. Driver? Which one? Baby Driver. No, 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 no. I'm talking about their British stuff. I know enough of the stuff, how they mix and match stuff. Yeah, yeah well, well it's, it's kind of like that. So, like, the characters are, like, slightly comedically exaggerated, but it's not a comedy, right? Like, there's no laugh track or, like, obvious jokes. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way characters act, I give you a little bit of a haha, right, to break the tension a little bit. Uh, okay. so, so I appreciate that. So I can definitely see, like, the British influence in the show. Um, but... Uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch it because I watched the trailer and I was like, eh, whatever. But uh, but I'm happy that I did. So it's eight episodes for the first season. Um, it does end in a cliffhanger. I don't know if there's a second one coming or not because the show's fairly new. Um, but it does end in a cliffhanger that sets up a second season. And each episode is like 40 minutes long, I think. So it's not like a ginormous time investment. Um, but it is you pretty. Know, you know who created this show? Who? Jillian Flynn. Who's that? Uh, the author of Gone Girl. Oh, she that's did, right. They do say put that up on the screen at the beginning. Yeah, she did Gone Girl, Dark Places, Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects was like a series on HBO. Huh. But yeah, she she's a good writer. She, huh? Now I sort of want to watch this. So so I think I think it's worth a watch. Like I said, it's eight episodes, forty minutes apiece. Not like a terribly huge time investment, right? What's that like? Five six hours. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's cool. It's fun. And, like, the story develops and, like, it's crazier and crazier as it goes. Um, I will say there are some, some episodes uh, that have a lot of blood, uh, mm. but, like, but like not scary blood. Like, almost comedic. Like, a guy, like, gets hit with an axe and there's, like, blood spurting in, like, jets. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, something like that. But uh, So but, Julie, the cruise director, would not enjoy that. If you can get her to close her eyes during those times, uh, <laughs> then I think she would enjoy the show. But there's not a lot of them, by the way. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, but they do exist. Anyway, so so let me set up the premise. Sure. It starts off with these this group of people like 
talking over chat basically and they haven't met each other um but they've been part of like this comic book forum for like a year um that deals with this comic called dystopia okay mm-hmm. And Dystopia was like somebody – there's only like one copy in existence, I guess. They don't go into detail on Dystopia. Um, the show centers on Utopia, which is the sequel to Dystopia. Uh, but anyways, you learn that this comic came out, Dystopia, that somebody found. And like it's beautifully drawn and it's like very dark and grim. Um, and like there's people that love it because it's like an awesome comic with like a kick-ass hero or heroine. Uh, but then there's like a group that's like – well, there's a little bit more to this comic book than like what the comic fans think, right? Um, so it deals in conspiracy a little bit uh, because like this group that these people are part of feel like uh, dystopia is like um, kind of prophetic, maybe in a way. Where like when it came out, like there's things in the comic that end up happening in real life in terms of like viral outbreaks. Okay, like Zika and um, what's swine flu and like that kind of thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of the characters is interested in this because like she has one of the diseases that was predicted in this comic. Uh, so it's like a whole community based around this comic, right? And uh, and people like share images and they talk about it, or whatever. So there's this con coming up, and they all agree to meet up at this convention. Um, and as it turns out. Somebody had just found a copy of Utopia, which is the sequel to Dystopia, in mm. like their grandfather's like box of crap, right? Like the, his, this girl's grandfather died, and like they found this comic there, and the husband's like, "Oh, nerds will eat this shit up. Like, let's take it to the con and see if like somebody will buy it, right?" Because um, you know how people that don't read comics are—they think they still think that you can pay for college with comics right 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 um so so they go to this convention to try to sell this comic and it's not like originally put together yet right it's all like the original pages and so uh so this group goes to the con and like they each sign up to go and like see this because they want to sell it so they they like rented out a room in the hotel where the con is and people can come in sign up and then they can go inside look at it like they only show them one page of the book and they can place a bid and, you know, then at the end of the day, they'll decide, like, whoever has the highest bid gets gets the comic. And and they figure maybe they can get, like, a few grand out of it or whatever, right? Uh, so you meet, like, all kinds of people that come in and see this. And most of them are just, like, regular nerds that love comics. And they just want to, like, see the original pages for this comic. Uh, but then there's, like, this one group of people. And they're all very young. Like, none of them are really weird except one guy. Um, that, like, think there's a little bit more to the book than meets the eye and uh hmm. and as it turns out there is um because this guy shows up out of nowhere and obviously not a nerd uh we never learn like why he's there like how he knew this was happening or anything but he's like i'm here to buy this book and the couple's like well you know there's a lot of people bidding blah blah, blah. he's like i'll give you twenty thousand cash right now and he just like pulls it out of his suitcase and they're like yeah whatever 20 grand you can have it right hmm. Because the highest bid was like five grand or something. Um, so he leaves his card and they leave. And the group doesn't know this has happened. Um, but early on, you met this character that looks he, – he acts like Rain Man, okay? Uh, sure. And he, he looks like uh, like Sling Blade, 
and he's he's with his buddy and you don't get anything weird out of them but they go in and they're like yeah we're here to uh for utopia and they're like oh yeah we already sold it he's like what do you mean you sold it who who'd you sell it to oh we can't tell you that but right like everyone's a private bidder and so the guy pulls out a gun he's like i need to know where utopia is um he and these two guys end up drugging these people it turns out that it's more than just like making them fall asleep they give them a lethal dose of heroin um and they go up to the penthouse where this guy that just bought this book for 20 grand was um and the guy's there with some like girl he met at the con and this little kid is a part of their group um ended up breaking into that room so he's like hiding with with the utopia comic and when they shoot the girl, the kid's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, so there's this whole conspiracy going on about this comic book, Utopia, right? But you don't really know why. And as you keep going, you learn a little bit more. And it has to do with John Cusack because – I'm going full spoilers here. As it turns out, John Cusack has created this like – I don't want to cut it a cult, but it's kind of like a cult uh, mm-hmm. of scientists in a way where – they're like creating viruses because the world is overpopulated. Um, and so they want to get the population down to a certain level. And I'm not going to reveal like what, why that is. Cause that happens, I think in the last episode. Um, but like, there's this whole group of scientists doing this and he's like a very public figure, right? Like he's a philanthropist. Um, he like creates like the impossible burger basically in the, in the TV show. And uh, and you learn that there's a little bit more going on. So this guy may be like distributing these viruses. There's like flu outbreaks happening throughout the U.S. and and so you go down like all like this laundry list of conspiracies uh, show up in this uh, in this TV show, all based on this comic book. And hmm. uh, and the comic book is actually made by one of the scientists uh, that created one of the first viruses for this group. And uh, and he had a daughter, and the daughter is the heroine of the comic book. And everyone just thinks it's a comic book, but then, like, this girl shows up. Her name is Jessica Hyde. And uh, and she's, like, even more badass than she is in the comic book, right? So things happen. They end up getting the pages to the group, um, and they start using the clues on the pages to solve this, like, mystery of what utopia is. Um and like I said, it goes downhill from there. Like shit gets really crazy, like progressively crazier the, the deeper you get into the story. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. I thought it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot Dang. of fun. They deal Dang. with uh, you know, I always I always make fun of people that think that like everything's run by uh, what is it like the secret cabal of pedophiles or whatever. Um, this is like a big thing in some conspiracy people. Uh, that shows up here, but the explanation in the show is. Like it's not a, a sex ring of children. They actually get children to basically use them as like Manchurian candidates, hmm. uh, and that plays a big part of the show, like in the second half of the season. Weird. Mm-hmm. Now, is, is there still a jumping-off point where season two? I know it hasn't been renewed yet. Is there like, oh, I expect this to continue on season two, or do you think they're just going to do something completely different? No, no, the way it ends, like, they have to continue with the same characters. Right, but could they also be doing something different is my question, I guess. In terms of what? Just, like, heading down a different story path. 
Or will it be like, we're locked into Walking Dead, so guess what? We always have to have zombies in our stuff now. Oh, no, the way it ends, it sets up a possible clash between factions of Utopia. Gotcha. Okay. Where, like, the whole time you thought Utopia was a group working together to accomplish a certain goal, in the last episode, there's a character that shows up that you've seen before that you thought might be a good person uh, that was trying to help them out. It turns out that this person is part of the group, and this person doesn't agree with what John Cusack's character is doing and wants to take things in their own way. Um, and it seems like it may be even more nefarious than Ooh. killing a bunch of people. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. And I know the the original series on Channel 4 uh, was two seasons. So, again, like, I haven't watched it, so I don't know how close this one plays to the original story. Mm. Um, maybe they'll just follow whatever the path of that show was. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. It sounds yeah, it was good. I and just he... didn't know how tense and nervous and scary it would be for me. Um, I, would, I don't think it was very tense. Uh, or scary. But there are some okay. moments where you're like, oh, like, wasn't expecting that out of this show. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well, you I know what I mean? That. Uh, yeah. Like, there's there's one scene uh, where they're trying to get information from one guy, and they don't show this last part. But uh, the guy's like, I'm going to give you three chances to tell me where Utopia is. And the guy's like, I don't know, because he really doesn't know. Uh, and he puts three items on a table, and he's like, here's your three chances. He's like, I, I don't know. So the first time he pours salt on the guy's eye mm. and uh, and you do see that, which is not that big a deal. The second time he pours bleach on the guy's eye and mm. they do show that. But it's like it's not that bad. Like it turns very red or whatever. Uh, the third thing they don't show is he has a spoon and he spoons the guy's eye out. Oh, my. well, right there. That's enough for Julie, the cruise director <laughs> to be. Nope, I'm out. But but they don't that's show it. Step. They don't show matter. the guy being spooned out, but they do show the eye on the spoon after. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, she does not like torture, so she... Ah, uh, yeah. uh, yes, I got you. Yeah, so, yeah, in that case... But there's... I can handle all that. That's that's fine by me. Yeah, there's, there's scenes she may not want to watch. Yeah. yeah, but that sounds really good, and I like the cast. The cast seems really good, too. I like the trailer. That's That's what made me put it right into my queue. Yeah, it's good. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, I uh, I actually commented on Twitter about it on my other uh, Twitter account for my sh- my other show, and uh, I basically said it's like you know, um, fake pandemics and uh, secret cabals going mainstream, because like even though it, it centers around a conspiracy theory that conspiracy theories will be very familiar with. Uh, it does it in a way that's like very lighthearted and, and fun to watch. Does, does it go after anti-vaxxers? Um, no, no, actually, because part of the there's part of getting to the ultimate goal of this population control is to mm-hmm. convince people that they have to get this vaccine for this virus, and so this group plays things out so that that's exactly what happens. Mm. Like there's this whole like COVID scenario that happens and it turns out that like there's no COVID, right? I can't remember what they call it. It's one of the characters' last names because he discovered this flu like 20 years ago. 
It's like uh, the Zika virus, but it's named after somebody, that type of thing. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but it's fake. Like this group created this fake pandemic to get people to be afraid of the virus. And they like make believe that this guy found the vaccine for it. So now everyone's like, oh, we have to have the vaccine. But the vaccine actually does something that gets them to their goal. Huh. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Yeah, no, it's good. It's fun. And uh, and Rain, Rain Whistle's pretty good. Uh, I don't think he shows up till like episode four or five. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. It's fun to watch, man. And it's not like super high budget either. No. No. But uh, but that's why I said like I can see the the obvious inspiration from a British show because it does play a lot like an Americanized version of a British show. Mm. Yep. Well, I like it. What what was the thing that drew you to it? Um. Did you watch the trailer or somebody recommended it? No, I had seen the trailer and then it's been in my queue for like a week or two. Okay. Um, I don't, maybe somebody said something about it and I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I got uh, some time. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to watch um, Raised by Wolves, but uh, but I wanted something like a little more lighthearted because Raised by Wolves is like freaking deep. You know what I mean? But... Um. So I was like, yeah, let me just find something a little more lighthearted. And I was watching, I was looking for a movie, uh, but you know, Amazon always has like their Amazon originals at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of the first things on there. And I was like, all right, fine, Amazon. I'll watch this. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yep. I got to check that out. Yeah. Dang it. You got to be a prime subscriber. I mean, I knew you are, but whoever else wants to watch it. But I am. <laughs> um i had watched something else on prime but now i can't even remember and i wanted to talk about it too oh well oh why how can you not remember i mean oh i know what it was okay um we we talk about these folks all the time so i just wanted to bring it to your attention oh. uh i know you probably won't watch these but you know it is uh it is halloweeny month so maybe somebody will want to watch it yeah. Uh, Blumhouse has uh, Amazon Prime Original Movies. I saw the commercial for like, what is it, three or four of them? Yeah, there's four releasing? of them. Uh, yeah. Black Box, The Lie, Evil Eye, and I can't remember the other one. Nocturne, that's it. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any of these yet. I'm going to watch uh, Evil Eye first because um, I'm actually doing an episode on the Evil Eye for my other podcast. So I was like, oh. yeah, good timing. I'll watch that. Um, and it's got uh, like an Indian cast. Uh, not Native American Indian, but like Indian Indian, mm-hmm. um, or at least like maybe Middle Eastern. I, I don't know. I don't want to assume, but right. uh, but it would make sense because a lot of the evil eye mythology comes from that area. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that was cool that they would do these uh, Amazon original movies. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense now, right? Because no one's going to the movies anyway. Uh, right. I, th- I think Am- and what are uh, they it- gonna do? Shelve these movies till next Halloween department? Yeah, no. what is this? Why Disney? Come on now! <laughs> wow, shots fired! What is this Warner Brothers? Come on now! Jeez. Uh, no, I think it's smart because what's it matter to them? You know what I mean? Like they make their right. movies You're for like Chris- a million dollars. These aren't Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> is that streaming yet, Tenant? I gotta see that. Exactly. When is it going to be streaming? In two weeks? He he had such a bug up his ass about wanting it only in theaters. And oh, really? Left theaters. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Why? 
they pushed it back like four weeks, five weeks because he only wanted it in theaters. He would hear nothing of it. Uh, that's too bad. Uh huh. Uh, well, that was a bad idea, Mr. Christopher Nolan. I mean, he makes yeah. great movies. I agree. But, uh, hmm. But that was a, uh, what was it, J.J. Abrams who has bad idea? And not even a J.J. Abrams sponsored yeah. film. It's huh. just a quote unquote bad idea. So Tenet won't be streaming until spring 2021. That's a shame. That's dumb. I'm sure he wants all that worldwide theater money. Uh, yeah, I mean, it did it did good overseas. That's where it's making its money because nobody in the U.S. is watching anything. Unless you're renting out the entire theater. Oh, that's true. Friends. Yep. Uh, that's too bad. I want to see it. I, I'm cool. I can wait till next year. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so Bloom has these movies, and you know what? Like, they're all low budget, right? Who cares? Like, they don't look low budget. They have good cinematography. Oh um, did you see the trailer for Hulu original uh, Bad Hair? No. Which is a horror film. Uh-uh. Um, but it's called Bad Hair. I saw two of those trailers. Like, And Hulu obviously is pumping that out. Like, I saw both of those, I think, on YouTube when I was going through some of the, the videos on YouTube. That hmm. that just showed up that you couldn't skip through. You have to watch the whole thing. And both of those trailers, I was just like, good God, this looks so low budget, low rent. Like, <laughs> I, I, I. but then I saw the Bloomhouse trailers and I'm like, dang, those look good. Those look like real <laughs> movies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't uh I don't remember much of the other two, but like I said, Evil Eye I'm gonna watch um probably tomorrow actually. And then uh, The Lie looks good too. And when is there only two out right now, so you have to wait on the other two? No, they're all out now, all four of them. Oh, okay. I thought I thought they were releasing like one a week up till uh Halloween. No, 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 it's all four of them. Uh oh. I haven't I haven't read any reviews, but here's the thing. They were smart, right? Like they don't spend any money making movies anyway. Uh, they, they have all the money in the world because, uh, when they did paranormal activity, they made like a billion dollars on a $10,000 budget. Yeah. Um, so like they don't give a shit if the movies do well or not. Right. Um, well, it's such a low bar financially to, to recoup that money is not that hard to do. Right. So, they're, you know, they're the modern Roger Corman. Ex- yeah, well, yes, except they actually make money on like Roger Corman. Well, um, a few Roger Corman films did make money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, but you know it was like simple, right? Like, hey, Amazon, we want to put these movies out, but movie theaters aren't open. And Amazon's like, all right, we'll give you uh, we'll give you twenty million dollars and like uh, you know, three cents per stream. And they're like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like, how hard is that? Amazon doesn't give a shit because they have to they have to make movies anyway. I'm sure it's cheaper to just buy something that's already pre-made than to have your own production. That's why Netflix does so good. Like, yes, they have their own studio, but a lot of the stuff they do is just buy stuff that's already made. And uh, and it's hard to complete with Netflix because, you know, Netflix spends, what, like $8 billion a year buying new material. Uh, nobody else is even close to spending that much money. So that makes sense. And, you know, and people are going to watch it just because it says Bloomhouse Presents. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's like they got uh, they have a they have enough of a cachet that it's it's pretty easy for them just to like <laughs> put almost anything out. They have a name, mm-hmm. so it's pretty easy. Yep, but I thought that was cool. Well, good on them. 
I agree. I like it. I can't wait for these reviews because I do love Halloweeny reviews. Yes. I don't know how uh, like horror they really are. You know what I mean? Well, even if they're just suspenseful, that that's good enough. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Um, I still can't figure out what the hell that damn thing that I saw was, though. I, it wasn't the Bloom House. I know it had to be something else. It was a movie. I know it was a movie. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this show and this movie with Nick tonight. Cool. Well, but what is it? Come on. Man, if I, if I remembered, you then, jerk. then I'd be talking about it right now. You jerk. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell, me, tell me about something that you've maybe watched? Good God. I haven't watched hardly anything. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I started uh, The Last Flight of the Challenger, that Netflix original documentary series oh, yeah. on The Last Flight of the Challenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was started that? that uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, but for whatever reason, I just never, I haven't gotten back to it. And I, I did one of those sneaky things. Uh-oh. Julie, the cruise director, was like taking a taking a bath. So I fired that up, figuring I'll watch 20 minutes of this, and she's sort of listening up there. You went to Pornhub, didn't you? No, no, no. And 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 every once in a while, you know, I'll I'll pull this, and she'll be like, "What are you watching?" No, 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 keep it on. I've been listening, and it sounds good. So I thought maybe this could get her involved. Usually, I do it with documentaries, not Mm. crime, because she has no interest in crime. But, you know, I'll do it on some a subject matter that it's like, there's no way she wouldn't like this. Sure. So I tried I tried that gimmick. And she came downstairs and was pretty much like, all right, what do you want to watch? I'm like, well, I'm sort of watching. Okay, let's watch something else. Like, <laughs> But it was good so far. I mean, it seems pretty interesting. And to hear uh, people that were part of the space program talking about, like, yeah, I sort of warned them that, you know, this isn't this 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 can't keep going the way it's going. Like there were so many red flags thrown up, but, you know, the U.S. was so headstrong and like we got to get people, you know, we got to get a diverse group of people up into space. We can't let Russia win. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. Like just to hear that at the the beginning first episode, I'm like man, this sounds really good, like insidery and really good. So huh. I will be watching the rest of that faux show. Cool. I uh, I do have that in my queue, so maybe you'll check that out. Yeah, even just watch the trailer. There's so many little bits and bobs. It's like, ooh, wow, oh, like they are peeling back the curtain a little bit on this thing. See, I, I do need to space it out, though, because I want to watch that, uh, that new David Attenborough documentary. Which one's that? Uh, Life on Our Planet. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's on Netflix too. Oh, interesting. Must yeah. be brand new. Uh, yeah, I think it came out this week. Okay, yeah, I haven't been on Netflix all week. Yep. So. Um, that'll be good. So yes, maybe I'll watch it after that. Um, I know what it was. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, it might have been a movie, but I do want to talk about this. The latest season of the One Hundred came out on Netflix. You mean the last season? The the final season of the ah, 100. Because uh, Ronnie had asked me about the last episode when that was airing, that like that day, because Ronnie mm-hmm. also loves that show like I do. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, no spoilers. I haven't watched any of it yet. I'm waiting till it comes out on Netflix. So it came out on Netflix on Thursday, and I finished it on Friday. 
Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, well, I think it was the shorter season. I think it was only like 12 episodes. Um, and usually the CW episodes are a little bit longer. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. I was wondering like how they would do the final season after what happened in the previous one. And uh, and like they connected it to previous stuff, so it felt a lot like some of the earlier earlier seasons, but like uh-huh. in this new environment, and uh, and in some ways it gave me this like Stargate feel a little bit, um, uh-huh. because uh, like there's no Stargates per se, but there are these like orb things that you can like dial in and like travel between these orb things. So I mean it's like a Stargate, um. Uh-huh. And I think they use seven symbols too, just like in Stargate. And uh, they found like a breakaway civilization, basically. Um, and you learn a little bit more about like Earth before this nuclear ex- uh, apocalypse that made people go out into space. Uh, and that's all done in connection with like this new breakaway civilization that we meet in this final season. And uh, and it was cool. Like this group was like basically a cult. Um, but like some like the guy was super wealthy and well connected and he had set up this bunker and because he's so well connected he learned about this like nuclear strike coming so he told like all his followers and they all went into this into this uh bunker and in the bunker they found one of these stargates uh, actually this, I think these stargate things they had found it in Mexico and he like brought it to this bunker um and while they're in the bunker while the whole world is being exploded um, they kind of learn how to use it through like one of the scientists involved with the nuclear apocalypse. This is it's very complicated. I can't go into too many details. Uh, but like she ends up in the bunker with them. I like the Stargate concept. Yeah, and and so he ends up going to this other planet and having this like Buddha experience basically in a cave. Um, and so like even though it doesn't start out like super culty. Uh, he's more like um, – he's not like a self-help guru, but one of these like motivational speaker kind of guys. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and he's also like a scientist. And uh, But because of this experience he has with this other planet, he like basically develops this cult. And the cult has basically been developing for like a thousand years, right? Even though it's only been a couple hundred years since, since the apocalypse happened, uh, since the nuclear explosions happened. Uh, because of time dilation, it's been a thousand years for them. Uh, so they create this like weird, like militaristic society that's based on religion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed the way that they did it. And uh, so did I, it wrap up good? It wrapped up good until the ending happened. Then I was like, nope, you just ruined it. <sighs> did okay. And I don't care if you spoil this. I do want to watch the series, but I don't care if you spoil this. This, if you answer this incorrectly, uh-huh. I will not watch one minute of this series. <laughs> At any point, is it a wake up from a dream scenario? No. Okay, good. Okay, then I'm still in. <laughs> no. That's a deal breaker. Okay, good, yep. good, good. Uh, I mean, there were some things that were done that I thought were cool. So uh, in the first season, you meet like one of these first groups that survived the nuclear holocaust, right? Um, they're called Tree Crew. Uh, yeah, which... you, you told me some of this, especially around the, the language stuff. I think that's really cool. So so this is where I'm going to get to is the language thing. Okay. Uh, because this led me down an awesome rabbit hole. Um, so you, the first group you meet on the ground are called Tree Crew, right? Which basically means like tree people. 
Um, and uh, and they speak this language. It's called uh, Trigadeslang, uh, like basically the language of the tree people. And uh, it's like based on English, but not quite English, right? And the explanation for like fans of the show has always been like, this is what English evolved into over the 100 years that happened between the nuclear holocaust and where the show starts. Um, but in this final season, you learn that that's actually not true. Um, so I kind of liked it, but I kind of didn't like it at the same time. So this uh, this cult leader guy, his daughter like doesn't like him, right? Like her parents, their parents are divorced. She lives with her mom, and the dad live the son lives with the dad. Um, and she's like an environmental activist, and like her environmental activist group is called Tree Crew. And so basically, like this group got their name from this environmentalist group that she belonged to um, because through some stuff that happens, she ends up being able to survive the nuclear Holocaust. And so she leaves the, she escapes the bunker with some people. And these people are the ones that basically start tree crew after the apocalypse. Um, So like, it was cool, but like, I don't think it's as cool as like, you know what it could have been. And same with the language. Uh, mm. Because it turns out that this language that the the grounders speak, the people on the ground, um, was actually like a made up language that she made up as a kid to communicate with her brother, mm-hmm. right? Like a you know instead of doing like pig Latin, it was like a pig Latin for English. And I was like, oh, that's not as cool as it just like developing naturally through this warrior culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but interesting so you nonetheless. Were sort of uh, Monday Monday morning quarterbacking, like thinking of better ways for this to go. Like the than, than what actually happened. The way that it had been set up the whole time was a lot more interesting than the reality. Yeah. Um, so it was like a little disappointing. But at the same time, like it makes sense, right? Because people oftentimes take the most mundane things and turn them into like religion, right? Like. President mm-hmm. Trump being chosen by Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally preposterous. But, like, that idea came from somewhere, you know what I mean? And it's the same thing here. Uh, like, this warrior tribe developed because, like, the world was a shitty place. It was a nuclear holocaust. Um, and, like, all right, so they got their name from a group that they basically already belonged to beforehand, right? But the name just ended up becoming something different. Right before it was like an environmentalist group. Now it's because they live in the forest. Mm. Um, so like whatever, that's fine. Uh, I I guess I'm okay with it. But it was much cooler to see it the other way, where like this whole thing developed organically uh, instead of it being like an ode to the old world. Um, but oddly enough, this led me down an awesome rabbit hole. And you know I love language, Nick. Oh yeah. And even though I love language, I never knew this. And now I feel like I need to learn Korean. Are you heading off of the 100? Yes. I mean, it's tangentially okay. related, but yes. But I but I have one question before you leave with the yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah, sure. Did the Benson sisters, were they writing the last season? No. Or were they already off of the 100 by then? I think they went off two seasons ago. Okay. Just wanted to ask. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, they're probably too busy. I don't know. What are they doing now? They're not writing comics anymore, are they? I haven't seen them. Last I saw them was at C2E2. Um, I know that they were doing something, and then that book was canceled, 
And then one of the sisters was writing, still writing for DC, but I don't think the other one was. Okay. Um. I, yeah, I don't know what they're doing now. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, sure. Go on with Korea. I'm sure I can go. Let's see here. Um. Nope. All right. I guess maybe they're just doing TV again. Birds of Prey is, is done. Um. Oh, interesting. They're writing an untitled animated Star Trek series. Ooh. And they write for Woo Assassins or Netflix. Did you hear? Hmm. Before you go on to your Korea off yeah, 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 sure. I was on the socials when you brought up Star Trek. Did you see that Kate Mulgrew was uh-huh. tweeting about her being asked to bring back Janeway? What? On, uh, on Star Trek? Yeah. Are you serious? No, I'm absolutely serious. Not joking. That got me very excited. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe she's lending a voice to this. Oh, maybe. Show, or maybe they're thinking about doing another Star Trek Discovery whatever offshoot. Well, maybe they could put her in the Picard show, right? Sure. Would I'd that work? That. that that would be fine by me. I love her. So hmm. I would love to see her back on TV. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. And she seemed really jazzed by it, too. So, like, very excited to tell her fan base. So that's all. That's cool. But well, but go on about I mean, uh, Korea. She, she's probably not doing much, right? No, but I mean, she should be. She should be doing everything. True, that is true. She that she is, was awesome. That is one strong ass woman, and she should be in more things other than Star Trek. I I welcome her anywhere, anywhere I get her. Well, friend, I have an answer for you. Oh yes, Kate Mulgrew to return as Captain Janeway in Star Trek: Prodigy at Nickelodeon. Hell to the yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Dude, I will happily take that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know this was a thing. Hell yeah. And if that's for younger kids, like, dude, any, yeah, that's anywhere fine. you can find a strong female role model, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Listen, give me I, more of that. Thank you. I, I know that Star Trek fans did not like the movies, the JJ movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let me tell you, I love the JJ movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they appeal to people that don't generally like Star Trek. Yeah. I'm a Star they, Wars guy. You know what I mean? Audience. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the same way with like, hey, if any – shoot, if Hugh Jackman can bring anybody into like opening up an X-Men comic book that it would never yeah, ever yeah, want. Like, please do that. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So uh, so this led me down this, this Korean rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, not because I love K-pop. What? Come on. Not not because of that. Um although although I do have a, an affinity to uh K pop girl bands. Uh in no, particular not in bo- boy bands? Not boy I hate boy the uh I don't like any of those. Wow. Nope. BTS and all those guys, terrible. But they do have spectacular videos. I don't they all look exactly the same. But they're one of the few bands that actually put money into freaking videos. I mean, I guess. I don't know. And I hate to say it. Whoever does them, whatever shop does them or director does them. Yeah. Sure, they might all look the same. Okay, that just says that they put a shit ton of money in them. But obviously, when you're getting 15 million views on YouTube, why would you spend money on them? Yeah. But I hate to say it. They're like mini movies. Like, they're doing stuff. It's, It's like them... And the porn industry are doing <laughs> stuff to push their mediums forward. That's like, true. People rip off both of them. Like I, I'm amazed at how colorful and beautiful and like 
I don't know what the hell they're singing about, but my God, <laughs> every video tells a visual story. That's for darn sure. In well, three minutes. What you, need to, what you need to do is watch the video for the new uh, Blackpink uh, song featuring Selena Gomez, uh, and then you'll fall in love with K-pop. All right. So look Sounds that up. Like it's it's called uh, we need the beautiful butterfly, the Peretti butterfly <laughs> back on. And ah, through a that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, so Blackpink featuring Selena Gomez. It's called Ice Cream. Uh, I, I it's not a good, it's not a good song, but it's fun. It's dude, it's pop. You know what I mean? It's just like a fun say thing. Say any of the songs were good. I'm talking about the video. I'm talking about the visual video medium. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, by the way, Blackpink does have a documentary on Netflix now. Oh. Uh, called Light Up the Sky, and I will probably be watching it. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Korea's doing some innovative stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and these look any of any of the media that they're putting out, they're they're pretty far ahead of the curve. So part of the reason I like Blackpink, and they make like the music's fine, uh, and the dancing's cool, but I mean it's K-pop, right? Um, but three of two of the you know three of them, three of those girls grew up in New Zealand, like they speak perfect I, English. Wild. <laughs> I love it. I love that even more. Uh, anyway, so so I went down this language rabbit hole, uh, coinciding with this new Blackpink song and me watching uh, the final season of The 100. Uh, because one thing that I love about the show is how much it uses this made-up language, right? Oh, uh, going back to The 100. Yeah, yeah. Did you fall on the same side of the fence as Mr. Ronnie Barron? Because that's what started down the path of The 100. Oh, I haven't talked to him about it yet. What did he say? But didn't – I thought you said that he reached out to you asking if you watched the end of it. Yes, but he asked me that the day – he asked me that the day the episode was coming out, the final episode. Wow. Okay, because I'm guessing he was like, because I have questions or I have thoughts. Like I was yeah, just yeah. to aligned. Yeah, I that. haven't asked him about it yet because he asked me that when the trailer dropped and that episode was coming out that night, I think, or the, the day after – um, and I was waiting until Netflix had it, which is t uh, two weeks after the final episode. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't okay. talked to him about it. Okay. Um, but, but maybe I should. Maybe, maybe Ronnie and I should record the 100 podcast. Nice. Um, so this set you down a language, a Korean. Yes, because. Language. Okay. So, so one thing that I didn't appreciate so much about a couple of the latter seasons is that mm -hmm. they didn't use this language as often. Um, mm -hmm. because like the groups are kind of coming together and they just like spoke English. Um, I mean like there'd be f a couple phrases thrown in here and there, but, but I like that stuff. Um, and what it was created better, the 100 or Battlestar Galactica, uh, Battlestar. Oh, good. That's the appropriate answer. Yeah. Okay. Good. And good. I actually really liked the end into Battlestar. So um, a lot of people hated it. I loved it. Yeah. That's cause they're dummies. You know, we uh we like to alienate our audience on the show, so we call everyone dummies. Even though we're the head of the class, we're the head. One hundred percent. People don't realize that. <laughs> That's why we do it, cause we're super dumb. <laughs> oh God, yeah, please. Uh, so, don't, anyways, don't have a don't have a fact check fact check sheet uh, next to you, and please don't send us uh, corrections on social yeah, media. Yeah. <laughs> We know uh, that there's tons of errors. Oh well. We we word shared uh several pictures of Wendy's sandwiches, uh, and then Dennis sent that monstrosity from Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> I know that 
Uh, I, I was telling my uh, my wife and the you know girls. What that Arby sandwich missed. What? They should have just put a potato cake inside that thing. No, it needed a fried egg on top. <laughs> just to be completely like, <laughs> like we put a perfectly fried egg on that thing. Oh Dig man. It. So all right, so so because of this K-pop thing and the fantasies of the one hundred. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, eh, like I want to go and uh, I finished watching the 100, right? And I was like, let me uh, let me look up some of these words because there are like communities, uh, online communities where you can look the stuff up. And uh, and so I was reading some of the stuff, and uh, and I was like, that's cool, but like, what about an alphabet? I wonder if anyone's like come up with an alphabet Ooh. or like a future English, right? And uh, and somehow or other, this led me to watching this video on YouTube about Hangul. Which is the uh, Korean alphabet, and Nick, let me tell you, I don't know how I missed this in my, I don't know, thirty years of loving language. Um, it is like the perfect alphabet. Cool. I, I know it looks weird when you look at it. It just looks like it looks like Chinese, right? Um, but it's not at all because Chinese is like logograms, so like each character represents a word. Um, Korean doesn't work that way at all. Like even though they look like kanji, the the Chinese logograms, um, they're actually individual letters, and and they combine the letters into syllables, and that's why they look like Chinese letters. Um, but like in each character would be multiple letters, so like a consonant and a vowel, or like a consonant vowel consonant, um, and they do it in the structure where they look like single characters. Uh, but each character is actually a consonant. And I thought that was so cool. So I kept reading more about it. Uh, and it was created by uh, like one of the first Korean emperors. And it is the most sensical alphabet I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Because if I show you – like if you look at the alphabet, this, and, and let's say you, 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 let's say you are Russian, right? So you use a different alphabet. Um, if you look at the English alphabet – does the alphabet tell you anything about what any of these letters sound like? No. Right. They just look like arbitrary letters. Right. Right? Um, I mean, like, if you knew the the names of the letters, you might be able to figure out the sound. But yeah. just by looking at them, no idea. Uh, Korean doesn't work that way at all. Each letter is actually the shape your mouth makes when it makes that sound. Oh, that's neat. How cool is that? So, so this is true for all the consonants. So, so reading lips would be uber easy. You're probably right, actually. I would think so. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that makes yeah. sense. Um, so yeah, so all the consonants are basically the shape your mouth makes when it makes that sound, um, and then it like similar sounds have similar looking letters. Uh, so like P and F look like very similar characters because. It's the same sound, just made in different parts of your mouth, right? So, like, I'll, I'll just make something up because I don't have a chart in front of me. Uh, but let's say, like, the letter P is uh, – how do you make a peep? All right, so let's say two horizontal lines, okay, because your lips are touching each other. Then the letter F is then on the back of your mouth, so it could be, like, two horizontal lines with, like, a vertical line connecting them in the back of the letter. So – you know that like it's the sound, but made in this part of the mouth. Uh, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever that they would do this thing. Uh, and you can actually like look up a diagram of your mouth, and uh, like they have it drawn with with lines, so you can like visualize how to recognize uh, Korean letters. Um, oh. And then and then the alphabet's a little bit different. 
the alphabet is actually yin yang. So like there's there's three like basic sounds, right? So A, I, and U. So one is in the front of the mouth, one in the middle, one in the back. Um, and then like E is kind of a little forward from I. So I is like a, a vertical line. And so the E is like a vertical line with a line in the middle because you know it's in the middle of the mouth. And then the O would be like the other way around. Um, and then like if you do diphthongs, so combining multiple vowels together, you're basically just like you take like whatever the symbol for O is and the symbol for U combined in a certain way. And like that's the sound for O, like the, the sound O, uh, the diphthong. Uh, and I thought that was really cool too. And like having this like philosophy of yin yang embedded in like how you create vowels, I thought was really cool too. Because uh, you don't see that a lot in in most languages, right? Because languages mm-hmm. develop over like hundreds of thousands of years, um, and they come from something else. So like the alphabet we use uh, comes from the Phoenician alphabet, and like if you look at the Phoenician alphabet, you can figure out which letter is what. Uh, but like then it meant something. So like the letter A was the word for ox. So it's actually upside down. So it looks like a cow's head, right? Um, but we've lost all that stuff over all this time. And this guy's like, we can't use Chinese letters. They don't make any sense to anybody. Nobody can read them. Let's make something that makes sense. And so he sat down with like all these scholars and like they created this alphabet. And, uh, and I thought it was freaking awesome. Um, and it actually led me down this weird rabbit hole with this guy that did basically Hangul. So the Korean alphabet, but for numbers, um, and it was fucking awesome like he was doing he was dividing like 50 million four hundred and thirty three thousand by like nine hundred ninety nine thousand thirty seven and like it would take him like two seconds because the way he because the way he created these numbers um is with like keys with strokes so like one is one line two is like the letter v right so two lines uh three is three strokes so it looks like a backwards n um four is like kind of an m with a tail so it's four strokes and then you have like um like a a diagonal line that's five so six is five plus one so it's like diagonal line with like one line coming down seven would be like the diagonal with the little n symbol because it's five and then two and so when he divides numbers you can just look at the numbers and just like cross out strokes Instead of actually doing math, you can just play with shapes and you get the right answer at the end. And then you can just read whatever that new symbol is, uh, which I thought was freaking awesome. Like for people to make language make more sense than it actually does. Right. Uh, and it becomes like a little more artificial than the way language naturally develops. But, you know, sometimes maybe you just kind of have to do that kind of thing to make things make sense. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I'll, cool. I, I won't send you anything on the Hangul, but you should look it up because it is cool. Uh, but I will send you that video of this, this guy that made this number system because I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like being able to do long division with not knowing anything about math is the best mm-hmm. thing ever because math sucks. Jeez. Yep. It, it, it reminds me of like why we use like uh, QWERTY keyboards. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> how those were set up because they wanted to spread out your hands, your fingers, Mm -hmm. 
as far as possible on the keyboard so um the actual like typewriter keys wouldn't be uh bunching up together and running into each other and breaking yep. the machine yep but then when all of a sudden you go down that that rabbit hole and you start seeing like the Dvorak layout or the the Maltron layout like how all of a sudden they're trying to make it cuz we're not worried about actual like typewriter keys anymore uh we're not doing that it's all digital mm-hmm. so now people have started to figure out ways to like condense down your keyboard to do different layouts and and different alts so like your fingers are doing less movement right and well i wouldn't say less movement um more efficient movement mm-hmm. that would be better mm-hmm and that's a fascinating rabbit hole to head down <laughs> just to find out like the origins of all these different like layouts, all these different keyboard layouts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've tried to use like the Vorak at one point, uh, mm-hmm. but like it, it would just take practice. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And, like if you're just used it's to doing it that way, it's like, ugh. yeah, it's all, it, it would all be new, but guess what? If we were in high school in a, you know, typing class, and the teacher gave you that type of, you know, a different type of keyboard, you would instantly start learning that, but then you could never go to a QWERTY keyboard as well. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all in what you know. But hearing about this language and, you know, the A turned upside down used to be an O, like, that's fascinating. Yep. Fascinating when you hear the or- these origin things, um, for sure. Yeah, George Carlin's got a freaking awesome bit on this. Um, were you a fan of George Carlin? Oh God, yeah. Okay, so so he's got a bit about um language becoming soft over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the bit starts off. Um, he's talking about shell shock. Uh, and obviously I'm no George Carlin, so I'm not gonna like give you the bit. But it starts off with shell shock and like how over time, like we wanted to make people feel better that they suffered this horrible thing, and so. Like it became post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Uh, and when mm. you get when you get to that point, like it doesn't seem as bad, right? It's like it's okay to have post-traumatic stress disorder. It's like a nice set of words coming together, and then like all of a sudden that keeps evolving, and people just call it PTSD, and now it doesn't mean anything, right? Right. So it's like you you lose the impact of a word like shell shock that automatically informs you like this is some bad shit that I went through. And now all of a sudden it's just like a group of letters that mean nothing. Yeah, it's it's sort of how uh, the different political parties have bent um, like feminism. Like the term feminism used to mean one thing in the 70s and now it's just yeah. like completely lost all meaning and all like weight to it. Yep. It's a shame. Yep. Man, if it's I find this shame. George Carlin bit, I'm going to send it to you to watch. Um, I Thanks. did send you on Twitter the video with this guy that made this number system. Great. I will I will definitely check it out. Have yeah, you ever cool. watched and I think we've talked about this before. Have you ever watched the documentary on the origin of Helvetica? No. Helvetica? What? No. What's it, it called? Helvetica. Oh, that's the name of the documentary? Yeah, it came out like 2010 maybe. I think you could rent it on Amazon. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, but I I watched it, and it is fascinating to hear how the origin of a font 
And of course, like any good documentary, it starts off with um, not starting off with the origin. It starts off with how much of our society is using Helvetica. Yeah. Which is frightening. And then it goes back into the origin of Helvetica. And for any like design nerd, it is a fascinating documentary. Just like how, how much you love the origin of language, it's yep. pretty much that for fo- a font. So you can rent this on Amazon for four bucks, or you can watch it for free on Vimeo. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah, watch it on Vimeo. Yep. Everyone, Legionnaires, get in there because it's really, really good. Highly recommend. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, font faces are interesting too. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Francis Bacon actually created a uh, a cipher uh, to to encode his like magical incantations uh, oh, using awesome. two font faces overlapped that's over each awesome. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so cool. Yep. That's awesome, man. I will watch this right yeah. now. I guarantee you that it is an hour, probably an hour and a half, maybe. Yep, hour 21. And it whips by. It goes by so quickly. And I went right from that documentary into the documentary about the New York Times crossword puzzle. Oh, oh, I've heard of this. I haven't watched it. Is it good? Phenomenal. Yeah. Both of those, they they both were up for Academy Awards. They Dang. both deserve Academy Awards because wow. there's parts of the <laughs> the Times crossword or any crossword puzzle. I didn't know that they had rules. I didn't know that they did, you know, X, Y, like I had no clue. Sure. And to hear the origin of the, especially the New York Times crossword puzzle, the Cadillac of crossword puzzles, just amazing, amazing, amazing. So. Mm. Yeah, I would recommend both of those. Maybe both are on Vimeo. I don't know. Uh, this I don't have any like particular thing to to show. I'm sure, like I've seen some good ones. If I find links, I'll share them or put okay. them in the show notes. Um, but about uh, going back to this number system thing, uh, mm-hmm. I I am convinced that base twelve would be better than base ten. Hmm. Yeah, and you can you can you can go down quite the rabbit hole because there's some people that are very uh, adamant about why we shouldn't use base base ten. Uh, some people like, uh, base 12. I happen to like base 12. Um, you just add two numbers. Um, so there's, there's symbols for, um, for 10 and 11. Hmm. Cause you know, okay. the, our symbol is one and zero and then one and one. Uh, but, but in, in decimal, so base 12, there's a symbol for 10, which is an X kind of, and a symbol for 11, uh, which is called elf. And it looks like a little E. Um, but yeah, you can go down these rabbit holes. Uh, programmers really like base 16 because you can actually convert uh, binary into base 16. Um, oh. And uh, what's some of the other? I think some people really like uh, base. Tw- what was it? Base 24. Um, I can't remember. the The problem is like when you have a larger base, you have to have more characters, and so like 10 is a good compromise because you only need nine character or 10 characters. Right, so one through nine and then zero. Hmm. Uh, when you get to like a base twenty, for example, you need twenty different characters to make your numbers, um, and that's a lot harder for people to remember. Um, so there's uh, there's some interesting psychology, and uh, there's actually a documentary about this, which I should really find and share with you. Uh, yeah, I would like it about like why we have why we use certain amount of numbers, why we have certain amount of letters, and like why some letters go away. Um, and and it was in that documentary that I found you know that that 
uh, phrase that you see in uh, in particular like British shops, which says like "ye old shop." Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, it's not "ye old shop." It's "the old shop." Right. Um, because English used to have a, a letter called "thorn," uh, which basically looks like a Y, but it it was a sim- it was a sound th. Um, but over time, we quit using it because of the typewriter <laughs> and uh, and and font faces when when the printing press came around. Um, and so to simplify that, they just simply got rid of it and supplemented the thorn with th. See, it all comes back around. Yep, it's all related, my friend. Well, the New York Times, I just looked it up, the New York Times crossword puzzle documentary is called Wordplay. All right, let me look this one up. Yeah, I would. And it's it's all about uh, Will Shorts. The guy, I guess he's one of the most famous cro- crossword puzzle uh, creators. So huh. Interesting. Yeah. So if you can find it, or rent it, I would highly recommend it. Or just get it from your library. You said you have to get a library card anyway. I guarantee you they have it. <laughs> so get in there. Uh, you know, I'm just going to pay the three ninety nine on Amazon. And watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's so weird Like how things come up like that. You know what I mean? We were watching something the other day. And, uh, oh, 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 I know what it was. Um, No, what was it? Shit. My wife and I were watching something, and oh, oh god! So Reagan's become obsessed with these like they're almost like vines, but they're on YouTube. Just like they're clips of actual things, like commercials, but they're hilarious in like these like five second increments. And uh, and she found this one that had to do with uh, like an aerobics competition in the eighties. And so my wife played her the Key and Peel bit where they make fun of it. Um, and then we ended up watching like the 1986 uh, Jazzercise World Championship, which was nice. hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, hosted by Robin Thicke, by the way. Hell yeah. Um, anyway, and then that led us to – I was like, oh, this looks like that skit from SNL uh, with the cheerleaders. So my wife started watching that skit. You know, the, it was Will Ferrell, and I can't remember the girl's name, where they Sherry played high school cheerleaders. Yeah, there you go, Sherry Terry. Um, and and this one clip, they sang this song, and they were talking about Bobby Fischer. And I was like, oh, Bobby Fischer. And my wife's like, who's Bobby Fischer? And I was like, you never heard the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer? She's like, no. I was like, the chess champion that, like, disappeared? <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> so we went down, like, this rabbit hole with Bobby Fischer. Which- Great film. Yeah. Also, great documentary made about Bobby Fischer as well. Well, so Searching for Bobby Fischer is actually not about Bobby Fischer. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on – so the guy that wrote Searching for Bobby Fischer, it's based on his son. His son was a chess prodigy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. What was his name? But both of them were great. Great Yeah, guys. yeah. Yeah. The guy, the guy that they based uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer – was on the Tim Ferriss podcast. Ooh, neat. Um, I might have to look into that. What the hell is his name? The real Bobby Fisher. Hang on. Is this it? Nope. God damn it. <laughs> now I can't find it. Um, hmm. Searching for Bobby Fisher. All right, here we go. It is based on... Joshua Waitskin is his name. Okay. Yep. Uh... 
and he's uh he's he's turned into one of these guys that's like if the unabomber didn't become a serial killer that's joshua waitskin sure makes sense yeah yeah uh really fascinating guy you should you should check out his interviews you just opened up the whole that whole thing to your daughter not knowing who bobby fisher was which is cool yep and it all came from jazzercise he exactly then you're like do you want to watch a documentary based on who was it karpatsov what's his what was his name the chess uh, champion Karep, karepazov karezov Karep, yeah something like that yeah where the documentary was him against the computer yeah <laughs> <Her> computer <laughs> and then you're like welcome to the 70s <laughs> this is what we did in the 70s and 80s uh it was funny though. My wife was like, "Yeah, I used to watch these things when I was little," and I was like, "I've never seen a jazzercise competition until now." Oh, God, um, she started watching. Uh, what was it? How clean is your house? You remember that show? No. The two British. It was a British show. It's two lady, two older ladies. Um, they like go into like extremely dirty houses and clean them up. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like clean the toilets, and one of them does it in like super foo-foo clothes like she's got like these gloves with like feathers and shit on them i'm like nobody would clean with that on <laughs> yeah that's actually how we got to the jazzercise she put on some other show that she used to watch where this woman is basically like um gordon ramsay uh except towards fat people mm. like shaming them to lose weight <laughs> That, and that couldn't be a modern show. No, no, it could not. Uh, and I, it wasn't that old. It was from like early 2000s. Yeah, but still. And then that went into this made show, which went into the skits, which went into Jazzercise, which went into Bobby Fischer. <laughs> and at that point where you're like, why didn't we just keep it with Key and Peele? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a, a more entertaining rabbit hole? Oh my god. Talk about uh talk about derailment, you know what I mean? Like we go down some weird rabbit holes here. This oh, is yeah. like this is not some pretend shit, like this is real life. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. Well, oh. I think we get out of here before cuz people always complain when we talk about food or we're pretentious or where's all the comic book talk? I say we leave it here so then That'll just make people come back for more because we didn't talk about any of that stuff. No, I agree. Next time we're going to do comic books because I want to talk about some horror comics that I read. And I'm sure you want to talk about Blackest Night. Oh, or maybe I won't be reading Blackest Night by the time we talk. Oh, yeah. You'll probably be done by next time. Oh, no. I'm saying drop it. Oh, oh, I could be dropping it. The, The bloom is off that rose. Oh, no. Yeah. This is uh, the cliffhanger for next episode. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you for listening to the Little Legion Podcast with Nick Wetmore. You can find us on Twitter at Nick Wetmore at Geek Find at Little Legion. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>